The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You ready? Yeah. Great. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. I love your sweater today. It is very Lorelai Gilmore. I smell snow. Oh, I'm obsessed with the color. I know that people who are listening cannot see it, but if I had to describe it, it would be Lorelai Gilmore. I smell snow. I love that so much. Where'd you get it? Um. Oh my God, I don't know. That's okay. Those are the best kind. You know what? Speaking of I smell snow blue, I've like, because I love that scarf. I got like a blue scarf because mm-hmm. I love... I love Lorelai scarf there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rory wears the matching hat to it when she's making out with Jess all over town in that winter episode. Oh, that's so interesting. I never clocked that. I noticed that You're today. You're right. Because I was on Pinterest and I saw a picture of them and she was wearing the same hat, like the matching hat to that scarf. Yes. Without the scarf, just the hat. If we ever get Valerie on our podcast, we're going to have to ask Yes. Her. Oh my gosh. We have to get Valerie on. If you don't know Valerie, Valerie is on TikTok. She's Valerie Cat Ice Cream, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Valerie Campbell. She was the key set costumer on Gilmore Girls and she shares super fun stories from her time on there. I and love watching her TikToks. Go follow her on TikTok. She's, she's the nicest person and hopefully she'll come on and talk to us about because there's so many costume questions which would be perfect because you of course are a costumer oh yeah I work on Broadway doing costumes so that would be a really fun sort of parallel universe to talk about so last time last episode we talked a lot about my TikTok and how I sort of grew a following talking about my anti-dean stance right but we right. really didn't get a chance to talk about your claim to fame on tiktok i i want to hear about the first viral video you had so we briefly mentioned that it was about dean and logan because i feel like there's like was like a gap on tiktok of like people not talking about logan and like people i've learned really do love him but i there was just no one talking about him that much so it took me a while to learn didn't you have someone who reached out to you recently about a Logan, like a Team Logan podcast. Yeah, someone messaged me asking me if I knew of a Team Logan Gilmore Girls podcast. And the only Gilmore Girls podcast I really know of are Gilmore Guys and Scott Patterson's I'm All In. And we know that he hates Logan. He's very adamantly said that Logan is his least favorite character. Like when Anna Nardini was right there. I mean, come on. Yeah. I don't know if the Gilmore guys ever liked Logan. I never got like that far into their show. Um, so I didn't really have a recommendation because it seems like most people who do Gilmore Girls podcasts don't like Logan. But if you are looking for a lo- like a pro-Logan Gilmore Girls podcast, it could be this one because this one is going to be very pro-Logan because I, I feel like the CEO of Team Logan TikTok sometimes because I just, I love him. Absolutely. (laughs) And tell us how that started. So it made sense that the first TikTok that like went viral of mine would be of Logan. Um, But it was more so I feel like what I might be better known on TikTok for, which is finding parallels within the show. And this one I felt was really obvious. I thought that this was going to be one that I was going to post and people were going to be like, oh, we knew that. Why would you bring that up? 
you're dumb. It was of The Party's Over, which we mentioned, season five, episode eight, when Dean and Rory are talking about her article that she wrote about the Life and Death Brigade from You Jump, I Jump Jack, and he doesn't seem to have read it. And then a couple scenes later at the male Yale party where Logan is, he brings up the article to her very clearly having read it. So I paralleled these two moments of Dean having maybe read the article and seemingly not read the article (laughs) and Logan bringing up that he read the article. And I thought it was really obvious what the writers were trying to do there, which is like parallel these two, like juxtapose Dean, her romance that she was seemingly outgrowing at the time, and Logan, who, as I very dramatically said, because I quoted Hamilton at the end of it, it was like, this is what it feels like to match wits with someone at your level, which I feel is what Logan was kind of being teased as, of like, he understood the family that she came from, he was intellectually at her level, and just could banter with her in a way that we lost from Dean Um, and a lot of people felt a lot of different ways about this I remember (laughs) it's funny because as we may have talked about in the last episode you and I did not really get to know each other on TikTok like right away but once I saw all of your parallels I started watching your videos and I was like wow first of all I did not clock that at all I was one of the people who was like oh I didn't even realize that also I didn't even clock Dean's demeanor until after you brought it up that he fully did not read that article he did not read the article he did not do his homework assignment no the fact that he would have a homework assignment in a relationship that's literally what it felt like a lot of people were saying that he did read the article that he doesn't have the like quote-unquote skill set to talk to Rory about an article that she wrote and they were saying that it's unfair to compare because Logan comes from this like journalistic background like he grew up in newspapers because of Jim Huntsberger as his dad and that Dean didn't have that. I also feel like they really sort of dumbed him down as the show went on. Look at season two, episode one, where Rory, they find out that Rory was in the top 10% of her class. And I think 3%. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Rory, wonderful news. You're in the top 3% of your class. Oh yeah, dad, J. Edgar Hoover over here was just telling us. I remember that vividly. Um, Yes, she was in the top 3% of her class. And so they, they invite her to this dinner and Dean comes over and is being grilled by Richard about what his grades are. And that's the first time that we really hear that Dean is not on the same intellectual level as Rory. And I I think a lot of people were saying that if he, because some of the the like comments actually said if they were talking about building or because he works in construction or if they were talking about cars which he built her a car or if he they were talking about the grocery store that he might have been able to have a better conversation with her about it because a lot of people accused that like the sentiment of that Logan being able to talk more I guess intelligently about the article meant that it was classist like educationally because Dean didn't have that like skill set to have that conversation. Why is everybody dumbing him down? Yeah. A lot of people are saying that Rory needs to stop pushing someone who isn't book smart to provide her with something she knows he isn't capable of because he has his own limitations. He had no idea how to critique it. He is the type to consume and like it and that's it. She needs someone, like you said, who meets her where 
she's at, she expects somebody to at least be able to like put in the time and the effort to just read her article and to be able to actually talk to her about it instead of just going, it's good. That's not exciting. Who's going to be excited by that? Because Dean has always known that Rory's dream is to be a journalist. And so the fact that he's not reading her articles, I just think that it's a testament to the fact that they were not on the same page, especially for that iteration of their relationship. Like someone even mentioned that that's the key difference here is that Rory had to ask Dean and Logan brought it to Rory. But I will say, because a lot of a lot of the comments, I there were several about the fact that the way that Logan was talking to Rory could be classified as negging because of the way that he he responds to her, where he gives her the compliment, he tells her that her writing is nice, but it has a few too many similes, is exactly what he says. But I don't think that that's the case. I think that this is the kind of feedback that Rory really wanted, and I. Again, I just keep going back to the the foundation of all of this, which is that it it's just a clear cut sign that Logan excited her and not just in like an, oh, I'm attracted to you because you're a beautiful man kind of way. Which he was. Which he was and still is. Dang, yeah. <laughs> but what we were watching was a meeting of the minds. To find someone who also like set that part of her on fire. I keep coming back to the point that this was the writers trying to show us that Logan's character excited her and Dean just didn't. I think like the biggest thing was like, did he read it or did he not? Like, it's not even a matter of like, could he have read it? Could he have understood it? Like nothing like that. It was like, genuinely, did this character read this article or did he, or is he lying about having read it? He didn't read it in my opinion. Oh, big same. This was the moment when they were really trying to show that Rory had truly outgrown this relationship because here they were in the back room. He was trying to make it work and it was really like considerate and nice of both of them to try and make this fit both of their schedules, but it was the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. Like this was truly, it was the beginning of the end of the episode where they ended their relationship. And as much as this episode was the end of Rory and Dean, it was very much the beginning of Rory and Logan, because their true beginning, of course, was you jump, I jump, Jack. But this was the first time we were seeing them kind of like outside of like the glamour of you jump, I jump. Yeah, and it's made even more apparent by the fact that Rory and Dean's breakup was so minimal. It was so different than obviously the last time they broke up, which was at the dance marathon and Dean was like so angry in public. Still in public. Oh, both <laughs> times were in public. But in rewatching it today, I was like, wow, there were very few words spoken between the two of them. And obviously it was something that they had both accepted already, but that's yeah. how you know that the episode was really not about Dean and Rory ending. It was about Logan and Rory beginning. Yeah. Because there was nothing to it. It's like they had this one very mild conversation where Dean goes, I don't belong here anymore. And I'm like, baby, you never belonged here. Yeah. And all of her, her only response was Dean. Dean. And it's like, that spoke so much because the last time, you're right, the last time they broke up, he was yelling across the room like for all to hear because he was so frustrated and angry about it but both of them had kind of like with their stale chips in the back room of dosi kind of like accepted that that's kind of where they were both yeah and that's how you knew that it was really the writer's way of showing us that logan and rory were about to start something and it's funny because i feel like a lot of people commented on your tiktok saying that they didn't even realize that 
the interaction with Dean and the interaction with Logan were in the same episode. And I'm included in that. Like I completely forgot that those things happened within the same span of time because I never think to compare Dean and Logan ever. Yeah. Because a lot of people were saying this is unfair because Dean is a teenager and Logan is an adult. And I was like, what do you mean? Everyone's the same age. This all happened within a couple of scenes with each other. Because that's what I kept coming back to is like, this is not unfair because the writers wrote this down to put in this episode to juxtapose these moments. And I think it's because truly no one ever really thinks to compare Dean and Logan because their overlap is so minimal. And like, if we are comparing them, it's like the, the outrage that people felt of like, you're comparing a 16 year old to Rory's college boyfriend. Or if it's just people comparing teams, because whenever we, whenever we talk about Gilmore Girls, it's like, what team are you on? (laughs) Which I found with, this was like my first, like, of course, like viral video. And this was where I learned that you can never bring up any of the boyfriends and just talk about one of them. People will always bring up the other boyfriends. So because we're talking about Dean and Logan here, whose name got brought up the most more than Dean and Logan did? Jess. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, why are people bringing up Jess? He's not even in this. He's not even in this season. What were they saying about Jess? Um, they were saying that Jess would have read the article. They were saying that Jess would have given her notes. He would have annotated like he did with all of her other books, that he would have had a lot to say. He was off somewhere um, reading all of her articles, getting them through Luke, following her life, that even if he didn't agree with the um, like the sentiment and like what was happening in the article, that he, he, was, he would have supported her and critiqued her and the response that you gave to team jess in this moment is the reason why we are friends because your response to those (laughs) comments was a video of you going no no but pink sparkly heart and i said i want to be friends with this chick (laughs) because no but like gently no which i feel like i send that response to you sometimes too where it's like no but i see what you mean no No, but but pink pink sparkly sparkly heart. heart none of that None of that is rooted in what I was. None of it is all. None of it is rooted in fact. He's not reading the article. None of it's It's literally rooted in not even opinion and speculation. And also, what other books did he give her besides the first one in Nick and Nora Sid and Nancy, where he writes notes in the margins? He did it once, and I say that as a team, Jess Stan. I love him very much, but I'm just saying, like bringing him up was not the move to my fellow team Jessers. Yeah, because because if we are like talking about Jess in terms of this article, he would have felt the way that Lorelai did when in, in Wedding Bell Blues when she's talking about like the um when she brings up I don't remember exactly what she says, but kind of like the spoiled rich kids in that article that she wrote. And Rory gets very defensive of it. And I feel like Jess would have been in like completely in step with Lorelai and terms of that opinion of like I don't know that Jess would have been able to get to Rory's writing because he would have been so like not offended but he would have just been so like surprised that she would deem to hang out with these people or spend time with them well also we never really get to read the article and we're just we're hearing about what it what other people's opinions of it were Dean had no opinion. Yeah. Logan had an opinion. <laughs> he said that it captured. Yeah. He did. He, he said it. that it captured the like whole the spirit, the spirit of the of event. The thing. And yeah. we never know what she actually says. But I do agree that Jess would sort of look at her and be like, 
did you have fun? Like, you're not making fun of these people in this article. Like, in a very, like, I don't think he, he hadn't learned enough to not critique, like, just the article. He would have done it as a critique of Rory Interesting. Again, this is all speculation, but. I know. You know, I do agree (laughs) with you that we can't really bring him up because we're comparing two characters who are on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to Rory Gilmore's love life. Dean and Logan. Yeah. For some reason, Jess is the the middle point because he, he, he is always the middle point, but that's because there's crossover between Dean and Jess and Jess and Logan at some point cross paths. You know, I had a comment left on one of my TikToks recently that I don't think had anything to do with, it wasn't a TikTok that had anything to do with Jess or Logan. I, it was probably about Dean. <laughs> but somebody asked me they said what did you think about the episode where logan meets jess and i have a lot of thoughts but it reminds me so much of sort of that protective nature that dean had when you know jess and rory were spending time together logan didn't even know the context logan didn't even know who jess was it sounds like she never even told him of jess's existence But he arrives on the scene early, comes home early, and Jess is there. And I don't think Jess arrived with any intention other than to be like, hey, I wrote a book and I wanted to share this with you. Especially because the last time I saw you, I was begging you to drop out of school. So maybe we could um, smooth that over here. Yeah. And they both acknowledge that they're both nervous because it had been such a long time. And obviously so much had changed. And in many ways, his life had come together and her life had sort of fallen apart. That we can that see. That we can see, but... We get a very small glimpse of Of course, life. but the fact that he's written a book, he's moved to Philadelphia, he's working at a printing press, like, he has seemingly got a lot of his shit together, for yeah. lack of a better term. And what's interesting about this is that I would say Logan and Jess want the same things for Rory. Dean is the mm-hmm. outlier here. However... Yeah. He always is. <laughs> Should we say Dean sucks at least once in this episode? I think we should. And I will wear my t-shirt proudly. But Dean and Logan get so defensive about Jess. And with Dean, I understood. With Logan, I didn't really understand. See, I understood it with Logan. Like, it was such a different situation. But I totally understood why he got so upset. Because if you think about it, like, here's Logan. Like, I have a lot of sympathy for Logan because I love Logan. And at the beginning of season six, when this is all happening, he's kind of having a really hard time as well. Like he's like being really confronted by stuff with his dad of like, he's got to graduate. He has like this like threat of London looming before him. Like he really needs to get his act together. And he's like kind of rebelling against it. And he has a girlfriend who's not being very supportive because she's kind of flailing in life as well and so he just gets back from one of these trips with his dad which he hates he comes back early to see his girlfriend and he gets there and his girlfriend is with a guy that he's never met and it seems like he's interrupting something and she's seemingly very nervous about him interrupting or walking up upon them that feels weird to me like it just feels like of course his instinct would be to be defensive but then do we do we now defend dean when dean barged into no. the house on their okay, rub? so okay. here's the thing didn't rory say don't come please don't come yeah of course and i will say that's kind of where my defense of logan ends in terms of that situation was when he first gets there and like 
of course he's gonna be really really who the fuck is this guy who is this guy that's like with my girlfriend who thought i was who literally said oh i thought you're coming back tomorrow and it's seemingly like maybe she planned this guy to be with her on this day where i'm out of town like I feel like anyone in any relationship would be like, you've never brought him up. Like, I don't know who this is. And that's the argument that's presented a lot with Dean is that people are like, wouldn't you be mad? I'm like, yeah, but it's how you react to it. And the thing is, he and Rory get in the car together, just the two of them, and Jess follows them. And it's like, wasn't that the time to maybe be like asking questions, you know? There are so many moments where I'm like, why does Rory Gilmore not communicate? Right. Why, why does she not get in the car and be like, this is Jess, he's my ex-boyfriend, like, he just showed up. Like, there's time to, like, diffuse the situation, but did they get in the car and just sit there? Get into silence? Probably. Like, they not want that scene? Did they not want us to think that they had talked? Like, there's so many, there's truly, throughout the whole show, there's so many moments when I'm like, they didn't talk Mm -hmm. about that already? (laughs) Like, it just seems like that, like you said, that was the moment, like, they got in the car. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. (laughs) It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Fitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always 
new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And then when they get there, Jess has not changed that much because people are always like, Jess has grown so much. Jess is like such an antagonist in all of these but situations. But I didn't feel like he was an antagonist in this situation. I felt like in this situation, he was super quiet and that can obviously be interpreted in a myriad of ways but like the way I saw it from the opposite perspective of what you just described because I really watched him when I rewatched the episode today and I'm looking at Jess's body language and he's like at first like the car rolls up you can tell he's like oh maybe this is her grandma oh god what am I gonna get the last time I saw this woman I had a black eye (laughs) (laughs) um And then it's Logan in a Porsche and he's like, he's already learned that Rory's not at at Yale. He's already learned that in the last, you know, the night before, a couple nights prior when he came to see her and he's like, did you already graduate Doogie? And she's like, no, I'm not going to Yale. And he's just sort of like nodding. He's taking in everything Mm -hmm. because he's like, she's at her grandparents' house. She's not at Yale. Who is this person? She's not talking to Lorelai. Yeah. Who is this person? And then up rolls this guy. This fucking guy who's just like this fucking guy that he that he and Rory, you learn later in the scene, used to make fun of people like that. And so he's looking at this guy. He's looking at her like, why didn't you tell me this person A existed? B was on their way. Yeah. Who is this? And you can tell that he's like putting the pieces together on his own. And I think that's sort of where both of them are at a standoff is that they're putting pieces together on their own. They're making assumptions solely yeah. based on what is in front of them and not what they've been told. And so Yeah. Because the person that should be telling them is standing, is standing there, there awkwardly. With egg on her face. Yes. And it was so interesting to watch Jess's body language as he just like takes it all in and is like, huh. But I will say, if I were an old friend, regardless of whether or not there was a romantic connotation to our relationship if I was an old friend and I came to see my my friend we made plans and those plans were infiltrated by a boyfriend coming into the picture I don't care if you're my best friend or my ex or whoever that automatically creates a lot of tension where you're just like we had we wanted to speak openly he he literally asked her can I see you again during a time when I can speak above a whisper and he has that opportunity and up walks this dude. If that were one of my best girlfriends, I'd be like, tell him to go away. We, we had plans. But I would say that's like, that's the issue here is like, I think had, had it been like Paris and Lane situation would have been so different, but like, here's Rory's ex-boyfriend and here's Rory's current boyfriend coming up. Who doesn't know who this guy is? For Rory to turn to him and be like, you know what? I'm going to go to dinner with this old friend of mine. Don't worry about it. You don't know anything about the situation. But, like, she also didn't in any way take control of the situation, which, like, it was totally on her to do. If Logan was like, I'm going to come to dinner with you guys, she could have stepped in and been like, no. Yeah. But... It would have been so uninteresting. Of course, to watch Rory of and course. Jess go have dinner together. 
We needed the drama. Of course we always need the drama. That's why we watch this show. But I did find it really, really interesting that Logan was threatened by this guy because we have never seen Logan with the exception of maybe when Pulp Friction happened and she was out with Robert. Other than that, we never really see Logan look or appear to be threatened by any other man. Because at that point, he's just, I would say... I wouldn't even say threatened. I would just say jealous. Like he's deep. Cause I think that there is like a bit of a difference there because with that, it's like they weren't together. He had really no stake in them. Like he really liked her very clearly and wanted more from her, but didn't know how to get to it because of their situation. Well, I'm, I'm not even sure that it was that it was that he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. He wanted to have her when he wanted her. And then when he saw, he wanted to be able to go out with other women. And then when he saw her out with another man, he was like, I don't like that. Yeah. And then, but I, I will say the difference there is that like there, I would say he was jealous. And with Jess, he was threatened. And I think a degree is that of that is because there was such like a, a chase, if you will, between Rory and Logan of like, it took them a bit to get together. And part of that, I think Logan knew was because he was a part of this world that she was not used to. Like, she didn't spend a lot of time in society. She wasn't wooed by the fact that he could spend tons of money or drove a silver Porsche. Like, he was, like, kind of a different guy than Mm. she was used to. And we don't know... Like, Logan doesn't know anything about Jess, but for him to appear, like, I think there's this threat of... Which, like, I'm projecting onto Logan of, like, here's someone who might get Mm. her differently than I could... Um, someone from her past, someone who wrote a book. Wrote a book. Yep. <laughs> Once he um, learns that, I mean, the initial knee-jerk reaction to when he learns that this guy wrote a book. Logan literally asks how long the book is. Like he starts listing these authors who like increasingly have like longer and longer page counts on their books because he he wants to know how long Jess's book is. But he also wants just to know. He knows about books he knows for sure and he's like i'm not messing you up with any of these authors am i yeah he's like being he's like pretentiously trying to like i'm not about to say dick on this (laughs) i'm sorry why not (laughs) i can it's like he's very pretentiously trying to like whip it out and see who's is longer like you know like (laughs) it would just like we would get to the point a lot quicker if they just pull the ruler out like it just (laughs) you know just like truly oh I never thought about it that way I never thought about it as like a yeah (laughs) I have a tiktok about it you know I never thought of it that way that it was like a play on words about length wow that's amazing because that's literally what it feels like is happening it's like Rory doesn't matter in this situation it's a matter of Logan trying to prove to Jess that he is a smart and b it's a pissing contest but it's interesting because I really don't think Jess is participating at all Jess is just there yeah I just I think part of it though is I kind of enjoy this moment like like I said before my defense of Logan ends when he gets in the car with Rory because they should have figured this out on the way there yep but it's almost like Jess is getting a little bit of a taste of who he was during this. Like, because Dean, when he was with Rory, was not super reactive. He kind of took a lot of it, even if it was like anger building up inside of him. He was not mm. really snapping back at Jess so much when he was with Rory. Like, it was a lot of Jess doing the 
the biting, if you will. Mm. And it feels like now we have someone else who's doing the biting at Jess. And so he's getting a little bit of a taste of how he was to Dean this whole time of like, very interesting because Jess was like a little bit pretentious, but also trying to like prove that he was superior to Dean in some ways to Dean, not through Rory really, as Jess says, uh, like, where should he send the book? To the blonde dick at Yale. Totally agree. What a great line. Snap back, Jez. Yeah. And then he got up and left. Like, he was like, I'm fucking getting out of here. Yeah. And I don't blame him. But I think that's when he really starts to see how much Rory has changed. And I think it's a really huge turning point for her. Because here's someone from her past who's not her mother, who's not someone she sees all the time like shaking her and being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why did you drop out of Yale? I will say in a very controversial opinion, I don't think like people always say, Jess got Rory back to Yale with that sentiment. Like Logan was letting her flounder. Like he wasn't pushing her in any way, but here comes Jess and he got her back to Yale. He was the one that encouraged her to go back. And maybe it's a semantics thing, but like no part of me saw that and saw someone who like Jess is encouraging her to go back to Yale. Like I saw that and it's like that to me, that scene to me is nothing to do with like Jess being an encouraging presence in her life or just feeling like he's doing something for her. Like, I don't think that Jess thought he was providing like any sort of service to her. To me, this was Jess just being so shocked at who Rory had become, who she was dating, what she had done. She wasn't talking to her, her mom, living at your grandparents, being in the DAR, no Yale. Like he was so shocked by all these things that it wasn't a matter of he was trying to help her. Cause if he wanted to help her, he would have told her this and he would have stuck around. He would have, like, he wouldn't have just left and talked at a different time. He would have, he, what he did in this moment is he laid bare the shame that she had already felt about this. Because at the end of the ungraduate, when she's standing there at Yale in the same spot that she had on her first day there, seeing all of these new people come in, we knew that she wanted to be back there. Like, you could tell, but she didn't know how to get there. And so here comes Jess, the only person in her life that really, I think, could have done this was just to lay bare her shame about what she had done and throw it, throw it at her and then walk away, which is what Jess does. Like that's Oh, yeah, that's of- the purpose that he served. But I will say that in rewatching it again today, the way that he says to her when they're in um, her room at her grandparents' house before this all happens with Logan, when he says to her like, hey, can I see you again? I feel like that was him being like, I want to talk about what you're doing and I want to talk about it above a whisper. So I do think that he went in there with some semblance of intention. I don't think that he went in there intending to yell at her, um, but I do think that it was a wake-up call. When people say that Jess got Rory back to Yale, that's what I meant when I said that I felt like Logan and Jess had her best interests or the same interests, Yeah, her best interests, but also they wanted the same things for her. Logan wanted her back at Yale. He just at the, she's a jolly good felon party. He said yes. he gave her a month. He was like, you'll be back to school in a month. Yeah. And she's like, like, you don't you believe love me. school. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I do agree with people that Jess is the one who lit the fire under her, but she had been hearing that from all different angles. It was just hearing it from somebody who, like you said, isn't normally a player, is not a series regular in not only 
the show, but in her life yeah. and hearing it from someone coming back and looking at her and being like, what are you doing? And in the yeah. Netflix description, it literally says after her ex-boyfriend comes back and reveals long, like a new success, she starts reevaluating her life. And I think that's also a part of it too. Jess comes back. He's got this book. He's like, so, from what we see, from what he shows her, he has turned his life around. And she's sitting here like, well, I am doing this and I yeah. am doing that, but I'm not doing what I set out to do. And I think that compounded by the fight she has with Logan, compounded by her grandmother sort of laying into her at the end of the episode being like, where were you and why weren't you here? And that is what propels her to go back to Yeah. Because I think that Jess had to be the person that, that did this. There's no one else in her life that really made sense to do this. Because Lorelai tried, and she very clearly failed, and I don't think she gave up, but she gave into it because she didn't know where else to go because she went to her parents asking for help, and Rory went to them too, and they chose Rory, which I think was a big piece of their riff, is like, as much as Lorelai would want to step back and be like the bigger person in this, her parents chose her daughter, and I think that was hard on her. And in the same way, I don't think that Logan could have been the one to talk to Rory the way that Jess did about this initially, because they were in a new relationship. He was trying to do what she wanted in this moment. Her mom wasn't talking to her. She was stuck at her grandparents, which he knew was wrong for her. He knew she needed to go back to school. But in this new relationship where everyone is kind of dropping her... He needed to be the one to listen to what she wanted. She said that she needed time. She said she was dropping out of school. He was he was going through on the things that she said she needed, which I think is a good partner. I think that that's, that was good of him to have done because I don't think that he would have like stayed silent about the fact that she wasn't in school. It was clearly bothering him based on the fight that they had when they went back. But the thing with Jess saying it is he didn't have any vested interest in her being at school or not. He was not there to A, experience the before of it and B, experience like what she went through after he said this. He just came in, dropped this knowledge, Mike drop, why did you drop out of Yale? <laughs> and then dipped because he was the only person that could really had no stake in the matter except for knowing her knowing who she was knowing the path that she had originally been on and also knowing that a when they were together in season three and he left he not only left because he had to but because he also knew that the path that she was on was not going to include somebody who is either going back to senior year for the second time or someone who is a high school dropout. And number two, also she literally turned him down as she stood in her dorm room at Yale. She was like, no, I'm not going with you. And so that's the last time he saw her. She was on this path. And then he comes back and he's like, what are you doing? Who are you? I agree with you completely. I will say, let's back up a little bit. And he says, I know you, I know you better than anyone. Do you agree with him? I don't. I don't either. I understand why he's saying that, but he's saying that from a, that is also a testament to how, and again, I say this with a lot of love in my soul for this character. That is a testament to the fact that Jess had not really completely emotionally matured because he's looking at her as if he, he knows her because he knew her when she was 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Yes. Of course, you know people at their core at some point in their lives, but as people continue to grow and evolve, you, you start to meet different versions of them. 
like we have all shed versions of ourselves from the past and there are people who we've shed along with them. They don't know us anymore. So I think that it was really unfair for him to say that to her. He knows what she wanted when he knew her. He knows what her like deepest dreams and desires were because she, she told him. I don't think it's changed that much. Like what she really wants, which is to be a journalist. Like, I think he does know that. I think he knows she loves school. She really likes learning and is a very curious person. And he knows that at the heart of her. But I think that something that a lot of people miss is that like over the course of season five and at the beginning of six, Rory does get integrated into like the more like society wealthy life that Lorelai threw away, but not, I mean, in some ways it's very negative. She literally stole a fucking boat. (laughs) Um, But in other ways, she really likes it and she really adapts to it. And a lot of people think that that is something that was negative, but it becomes a part of her. And I think that Jess doesn't understand that about her, that he sees this girl who, from his teen years, just a few years ago, and is assessing her from that point of view without giving her any credit for like any more complexity since that moment. And to be fair, Dean and Jess were the two boyfriends that didn't get to see the combination of who she was at school and who she was in her social life because her school and her social life come together when she goes to Yale. And that is the person that Logan gets to know. That is true. I didn't because think about that. Because Chilton is sort of a glimpse into that quote unquote, like wealthy lifestyle because she's going to this very wealthy school and then her social life is so separated. And that's why she's able to maintain a relationship with Dean, why she's able to maintain a relationship with Jess. Once she goes to Yale, that entire game changes. Because Logan gets to witness her from like an educational standpoint and also her social life. That's totally true because when her and Jess are, I mean, not her and Jess, Dean and Jess are kind of squaring off in the second and third season, it's kind of a perspective of they know that Rory's really smart and ambitious, but they're not in the classroom at school experiencing with it. And like, maybe she doesn't have classes with Logan, but does still newspaper like he's there in that same group of people and coming at it from that perspective that's interesting I've never considered that before I didn't until this moment look at you the more you know (laughs) the more you say (laughs) and the other component is I feel like this was a really big redemption episode for team Jess for Jess in general yeah absolutely because the last time we saw Jess he was at her dorm room begging her to leave Yale and come away with him and I think that people forget because this is such such a redemption moment for Jess that there's this whole history that exists between them that no one really ever brings up as much and I will upset team Jess every day of the week with this but I think that Jess is romanticized which is the point of the video that that you brought up of like the no sparkly heart of if Jess would have read the article that we were talking about in the original video is Everyone was talking about what Jess would have done because there's these moments, like you said, where he really only annotated that one book, but it becomes such like a lore of Jess that people romanticize it, that he did that all the time. And that was like such a staple of their relationship that I don't know is necessarily there. And I, I will say it, Jess is the most romanticized character on the show. And we have more to say on that next week. Definitely more to say. So make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on now because we will be coming out with an episode at least every Tuesday as we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast where there'll also be more to see.